Do la rebo fula piha. Okay. Chinese opera, everybody. What's up, fellas? Uh, welcome back to uh, week four or week three, actually, um, of the IO panel. I am James, one of your hosts. Uh, we have Mr. Evan. What's going on, Evan? Hey, week three B. Week three B, go go to try eight, um, and we got uh, the uh, ever present uh, Michael. What's going on, man? Howdy. There we go. <laughs> so we are back this week. Last week we had some technical difficulties with the software we're using. We're trying something new this week, and uh, because it's a technical nature, maybe we'll talk about it next week and let you guys know how it works out. Yep, looks good so far though. Yeah, absolutely. It's working quite well. Um, okay, so let's let's jump right in. Uh, yeah, we um, we'll start with a little bit of gaming news. Uh, Microsoft has extended their hand and uh, offered the first potential look at true cross-platform gaming between PC, Xbox, and PS4. Um, they're going to start, I believe, with Rocket League, which already has cross-platform between... Uh, I think PC and PS4, and actually PC and and PlayStation have had uh, their own cross-platforms before, reaching all the way back to 2002 with, I think, uh, Final Fantasy XI. I don't know, it must have been a PS2 that was out then, right, James? Yeah, yeah. All right, so... There was another one. I can't remember what game it was. I want to say it was, like, one of the first Call of Duties um, after it got kind of taken over to onto the to the level of hype hype that it's at right now. Yeah, um, I can't remember what game though. It was either Call of Duty or one of the other first person shooters, um, and it wasn't didn't go so well. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Evan. I mean, I think it could signal one of two things: either a new sort of revolution for cooperative online gaming, or Microsoft realizes that. Uh, Sony's PlayStation is trouncing Xbox One and wants to sort of stay in the game, as it, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, maybe it's both. Who knows? But it should be fun. Um, related to this, I wonder if... Uh, well, first of all, it's up to game developers to actually implement this cross-platform compatibility. So we'll see. You know, it's not universal. We'll see what games are actually well-suited to it and which game studios and developers actually decide to implement. Um, there's been the classic debate of when you go cross-platform PC with any of the consoles, mostly in FPS uh, genres, that everyone who plays on the PC would generally be better because it's, you know, first-person shooters are much more geared towards using a keyboard and mouse. That's not to say that there aren't excellent console FPS gamers, but I wonder if they're going to start um, integrating more compatibility um, with uh, keyboards and mice. Because I know you can you can plug them in, but uh, most consoles require like an eighty dollar adapter box, and it adds a whole bunch of input lag, and is only compatible with certain devices, probably Razer, because whatever, fucking Razer. Um, but I hope this start i hope this this starts a sort of a new generation of uh of gaming um you know what i think i think it's going to be and i like how you looked at it i kind of saw this and i was like 
thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? Yeah, PC gamers are going to trounce the console gamers. Um, and, and that's what... And, and this is rumored. I can't find anything to, to say it's true or not. But as I always do, I'm just going to say something. And uh, <laughs> someone will... It'll either be true or it won't. But I had heard, you know, Craig and them had said that that one time... Um, uh, basically, basically, what I'd heard was that they had, I think it was maybe it was Halo or Call of Duty. One of the two games, Microsoft included Xbox and the PC gamers together in a trial, and they, the, uh, the Xbox gamers were so, their, their uh, experience, got they got owned, yeah, and their experience was so bad that they, they cut it off right away, like immediately. But here's the thing, right? And honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in the long run. You know, will they will they bring down the the price for keyboards and stuff like that for consoles? Will next gen consoles include that stuff easily that gets rid of the con the lag? I think they're going to have to, right? Because right now the PC master race is where it's at. If you want to, if you're a serious gamer and not a filthy casual, so I'm kind of wondering if this is like a preparatory move for their next gen Xbox. You know something they're something they're gonna incentivize people to do this with. Um, also, I think the gaming companies are gonna be all about this life because if they don't, I mean, that's think about it. You make Crash Bandicoot Eight or whatever, and now you have the opportunity. You have multiplayer for the first go around, and you say, "Well, we have this opportunity. We can reach all these new gamers who would never have played our game before." Let's put it on. Let's port this to PC, even if it's a shitty low gen, low res version that we would run on console. You know, let's be lazy. Let's port it to PC and see what happens. They're still they're going to sell some, and some is better than none. Yeah. You know, so uh, this might incentivize it. And uh, like I said, next gen consoles, we're going to see next gen games. We're going to see games that are going to be able to play on PC and Xbox and, and look the same across the board. And I think this is a move towards that. I think it's going to be a win win for gamers everywhere. You know. Yeah, for anyone who is uh, gaming on the PC and still has not take advantage of the uh, taken advantage of the update, I do believe this will only work on Windows 10 and forward through, uh, I guess, Microsoft's uh, Xbox Live app or some integration Xbox Live uh, game store. But I don't think you can do it on Windows 7 or 8 or 8.1. Really? That's interesting. So so wait, it's something special you have to have running on your computer. Well, I, I think Microsoft has their well, the way they're going forward with their games is similar to like having a Steam platform. Um, like uh, games for Windows, you're going to have to connect to their service and basically authenticate. Like you can't mod any of your games if it's not uh, approved by them. Um, they're just sort of locking that. They're locking the gaming portion down. Okay, here's the catch. <laughs> well, so, here's the catch. <laughs> we'll see if they get enough uh, flack from customers for doing that. Maybe they'll start to open it up, or maybe everyone is just going to say, fuck it, I'll play my own, uh, you know, all the console games I was normally going to play, exclusive titles, be damned, whatever, and then stick to Steam for PCs. Yeah, and that, you know, here's the thing, right? Microsoft needs to understand whatever they're trying to do they're like like microsoft gets this idea in their head where they're like we're going to compete in these other industries that we've always been bad in and that we've never been able to crack you know and they've done this gaming thing for a long time and they've never thought like 
like if I was Microsoft, I would say, okay, the one thing we've done really well is we bought Halo. We've done this flight simulator thing for a long time. That's kind of created this whole market and world around it. And we've done, we've done, I guess they had age of empires or whatever. They own them and they probably owned a few other weird games, you know? So fine. Do like EA, do like steam, have their own store for their products, whatever, make it a really good store and call it a day. Don't monopolize what guys are doing on their PCs and say, if you want to play with other people on consoles on this other game, then you have to have you have to go through our system or whatever. You know, they should be integrating with Steam with this and trying to work with start work with on uh, fucking uh um what is Rob Knowles or Greg Knowles or Gabe Fatty, Newell? Gabe Newell, yeah. Gabe Newell, um Half Life Three confirmed. But didn't um, uh, Microsoft already, ha- already have their own like marketplace or whatever on the on the computer and then they yeah, shut it down? Yeah, it's horrible, dude. They have it on go, go oh, they look shut at it down. No, it's in Windows 10. They still got their marketplace, dude. They got it's not for game. I mean, they have games and they have all kinds of garbage in you it. You mean just the it, App Store or whatever? Yeah, the App Store. That's what they're talking about. It's still there. Oh, that. So yeah. it's going to be through that. Yeah. Uh... But it's rubbish, man. I mean, look, Steam's got them beat. Okay, EA does strictly games, and they cannot crack that market. Nobody wants to use Origin. Okay, it's horrible. All right, it's absolute garbage. Um. So, EA, you know, these companies have been beat by Steam. You need to freaking work with them and concentrate on, the, on doing something new. All right, concentrate on games. Give up. Like, oh, we're going to have this our own store. It's fucking lame. It looks like garbage. Well, how is this going to work? I mean, it says, like, this in particular, they mention in this article, it says Rocket League, right? Yep. Yeah. Is that a Microsoft game? Like, did they write that? No. No. So. That's an independent it's an independent game that currently has cross-platform support. Um, so it's already on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, PS, PC and PS4 can play together, I believe, but Xbox One, uh, I think it's on there, but it's not integrated with anything. But not through right. any store. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I mean, you could just go. you could go to the store and buy the disc, or you can buy it on Steam, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it's on Steam. So, right. so uh, I'm I'm, su- I'm assuming I'm sorry. So how are they going to enable you to play with your Steam copy of Rocket League against someone on an Xbox? I don't think I don't you're going to be able to. I don't think you're going to be able to. I think well, maybe you get your Steam copy of a copy of Rocket League, and you have to authenticate it through the store or something like you would with when you get a CD key for Steam. You authenticate it through the X through the through the Xbox slash Microsoft. Well, how do the PS4 and PC guys do it right now? It's through their it's through X through Rocket League servers, man. It has nothing to do with Windows. That's the problem. They've integrated them because they know Rocket League people are already playing with PS4 people. So it's like for them, it's a gimme, easy. It's, it's a soft target. You know what I mean? They like we'll go get Rocket League involved. We'll throw them a few ducats on the side. And we'll add integration for Xbox, you know, mm. so it works out nice for them. But, you know, the, it, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it, if they deploy it right, it's a good idea. But to, to try to own it and try to make it so like you have to go through their store and stuff. Windows game PC gamers, people who are loyal PC gamers aren't going to go for that, man. They aren't going to go for it like nobody. You don't go. You're not off. Some off the street guy does not have a gaming PC like you have to build 
or configure a quality gaming PC and have done your research to do it. You can't just go walk in a store and say, I want a gaming PC. You might get any crap, you know? So it's a higher level, more intelligent user who has a gaming PC, and that user is not going to want to do an extra freaking thing jacking around with Microsoft. Like gaming PC people don't like Microsoft as it is. We use it because we have to if we want to play our games. If Star Citizen came out on freaking Linux, dude, I'd be there. When? <laughs> huh? When it comes out on Linux. Well, it's supposed to, so when? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's but, supposed um, to. to uh, yeah. I can, I'll do some digging uh, over the next week, and I'll do a little update next week to, to, to try and answer your question uh, thoroughly, Mike. Well, thank you, Evan. I appreciate that. Now, one other thing I'll mention about that, I, I don't know you know, if this will help us, <laughs> but I noticed when you, if you launch the steam client on your computer and you get to the login screen, it says something about PlayStation people mm-hmm. right on the login screen. Cause they have steam for PlayStation. That's why. So that's how they're doing it. There's an app for that. So steam right. is the, is the middleman, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Like, doesn't it say like, oh, if you have a, doesn't it say like if you have a PS4 account or a PS, a PlayStation Network account, click here or something on Steam. I haven't opened Steam in weeks. I'm such a bad gamer. <laughs> well, I just opened it now, and I'm, of course, I'm not seeing it, but I could swear I've seen that before, where it's like, oh, if you have a PSN Network account or something, click here. That's all. It's your mind playing tricks on you. Stay away from the fucking peyote. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll tell you more about it next week. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Whatever, man. No, that's fine. See, you're crazy. That's right. So, also in very so you know gaming news, but also um, VR stuff. Microsoft Hololens Dev Kit, which sold out in like. 30 minutes or three hours um, not long ago for $3,000. Oh. They're, sh- they're starting to ship at the end of this month. Uh, so we'll s- I, that's the one that I really want to get eventually is the, is the HoloLens. Um, but if you we posted an article here in the notes, if you want to sort of uh, get started with VR, if you have a smartphone, then well, if you have a Samsung smartphone, <laughs> you can get the uh, Samsung Gear VR, which I think is about $100, just to play with it. You know, see if you're even open to the idea. Um, but still, if you want currently the most immersive um, environment, you really have to go with the Oculus. Which, I don't know if you can just buy one yet. It's still pretty expensive. I think they're... I know the Vive is about $800. Uh, I don't know if Oculus is going to be the same price. Um, uh, Oculus is the Oculus was uh, I think it was was it six hundred or fifteen? Okay, yeah, five ninety nine, six ninety nine, something like that. It's so, sold out. It's sold. You won't be able to get it until next year, probably. Now, uh, expensive um, for what it is right now, but not really. Um, I mean, if you just look at the price a lot of people will be turned off. But if you have a legitimate VR headset, you know, basically first generation, 700 bucks, 800 bucks is 
pretty reasonable. You know, there's a lot of people who drop more than that on something that they can just type on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, well, it's expensive, I mean. Yeah. Obviously. But. I mean, people say uh, on The Verge, they're talking about the, uh, um, what's it called? They're talking about the HTC Vive, and they have, like, a, they have, like, set up a Vive room, and yeah. they're like, it's amazing. Like, it's an amazing experience. Like, you can't beat it. It's unbelievable. If you want to use it in your house, um, probably get don't get a vibe if you have a huge storage space or a huge warehouse and want to be as close to the star trek holodeck as possible then get the vibe Mm -hmm. you just need a big open area where you can actually move through the environment why wouldn't you get the vibe over the oculus Mm. Oculus is just if you're standing around, right? Well, uh, apparently, um, in one place. I mean, with this sort of early VR and even the old, like really old virtual reality, like flight sims and stuff from you know like 20 years ago, um, the Oculus has the least likelihood of making you sick, (laughs) (laughs) like motion sickness. Why do they say that? Uh, Whatever mechanisms they use. For the you know audio uh, and video correlation, make you make you real, make you don't make you think that it's fake and there's something wrong. And 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 the HTCs do well more so than the Oculus. Huh. I've not used either. Those are the reports I see. Huh. Okay, I don't know. I've heard. I've heard. Well, I haven't had the reverse, but I've heard. Everyone who I've heard talk about it says the Vive is far superior. Um, in in I, in capabilities, I don't doubt that. I, don't, I haven't heard anything about the sickness though, about people getting sick or whatever. So right. maybe that's a thing. I don't. Maybe that, I, haven't, I hadn't heard that. That's always a thing with <laughs> VR. Well, I figure, but <clears throat> both of them have, you know, your headphones have the headphones built in and everything. So it's like. You know, you're supposed to. It's supposed to take you into, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a whole other layer to this that I mean, they're not really talking about, which is like, you know, people get seasick or don't. You know, some yeah, people right. are just like fine. Some people get car sick. You know, I don't. I don't know what that's about. Um, no one got sick playing, you know, Virtual Boy 20 years ago. So, now, how do you know? <laughs> because I didn't do it. I didn't get sick, so therefore, no one did. Do you have a virtual boy, Evan? No, a friend of mine did. Oh, okay. Garrett? No. Oh, okay. I had more than one friend when I was a child. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So here's, here's a question I got for you guys, and maybe this is this is probably a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what's the difference between this, like any of these things, like let's say an Oculus Rift, and the thing that I used to have that I let James borrow called a MyView Personal Media Viewer that hooks up to an iPod and it was like glasses it was like glasses and headphones I don't think there's anything different between them except for, I mean there's obviously a huge software issue and all that like a sensor or something? I mean all that thing does is view, you know, whatever like you can, like, okay an Oculus has in its, in the front 
in the front uh, of its of the cup, I guess I don't know what to call it, but the, the the main module, it has IR at least the dev kit had IR panels all over it, and those would see be seen by your webcam to give position information, and it also had like a gyroscope inside too. So if you look left or right or sideways, like obviously the my view thing didn't have any of that. It was like just two video two video screens in your line of sight that you could see, you know. And I do believe the Oculus Rift is similar to like Minority Report. You put the headset on and you can use your hands to manipulate what you're seeing. How does it know what your hands are doing? Because it can see your hands and it knows their hands. No, it can't. Well, I don't believe you. No, there's a there's a thing that people have added. Some developers have added it to it, and you'll see. Um, if you look online, you'll see the dev kit videos. There'll be a, like a little USB size box with that's sits right on the front of the Oculus, and I forgot what it's called. Um, but that is what sees your hands. So that thing is pro. It's designed to look at your hands. It's a t- it's a tiny Microsoft Connect that sees your hands in front of the keyboard, in front of it. So that sees your hands and allows you to move virtually in space. All the Oculus and the Vive can see is their controllers. So as long as you're holding the controllers, it can be like, oh, you can do things in this space and we know where your hands are. But otherwise, it cannot see your hands. Unless they've changed something. They could have bought that company or added something since the last time I saw that. All right. I'll do some debunking. <laughs> I've been following the virtual reality, son. I'm sorry. Uh, but I could be wrong. I haven't seen any later, late, any more recent updates from Oculus. I basically wrote the Oculus off. I saw the camera on the Vive, and I was like, that's smart. Like, that's thinking. Much you know? like the uh, commercials where if Google was a person and the lady searches for autism, I will find the one result that says I'm correct and, and run with that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you mean... um. What's her name? Jenny, Jenny McCarthy? What? Nope. No. No. Nope. You don't, no. Mm-mm. Nope. You don't AMAs. know anything about social stuff on the internet, Michael. No. AMAs? No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. Okay. So uh, what's next? Oh, Silverpush. Yeah. Let's talk about Silverpush. So this is just like, I guess this really belongs in Stranger Danger. Um, basically, the FCC, FTC the, uh, has, has sent uh, some letters out to some developers, some app, some... Uh, Android app developers about a piece of software. I don't want to call it a piece of software. Um, it's more like something some apps can do. And basically, it's Silver Push. What Silver Push does is it lets them listen to your uh, to your audio um, over the net over the network. It lets them listen to your audio. They use that information. They scrub it by a database. They record the information, scrub it by a database, and they use it for advertisers. Um, so they listen to your TV show. It says, oh, you're watching TV right now? Okay, let's find out. Let's tell advertisers what TV you're watching so we can advertise to you better. Um, obviously, no one wants to be listened listen to by any device, uh, especially without them knowing about it. It's one thing if you buy an Alexa or something and you know it's listening to you for, the, for you to say the words whatever, um, and you kind of accept the risk that Amazon's going to do whatever they can with that data, including advertising and marketing. It's something different when you just download an app on your phone that does not say, um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be listening to your mic at random, you know. So it's kind of creepy, and that's what this is about. Hopefully, it's something they can get rid of completely because, honestly, there's better ways to advertise to people. This is not the way. Like, just ask people. Say, hey, look, the app is free. You need to tell us 
what your favorite TV shows are, shows are every quarter. Like, that'd be fine. I would do that, you know? I was thinking about the Alexa today, actually, and I was like, man, I wish you could sort of opt in, opt in or out of everything you want, all the features that you want it to uh, listen to or process and access. And if you could talk to it, uh, not unlike the movie Her, but if you could talk to it and say, you know, I'm concerned about this, or uh, I really liked this about the world or something you saw. And then if that were to go to, um, if there was some huge database of philanthropists or, you know, responsible politicians where, uh, you know, they could check and see, you know, quote unquote, the public voice, I would be okay with talking to it then. Yeah, but nobody, you know, nobody. Um, yeah, that I mean, that'll never happen. <laughs> they could give two never. shits about what you what you're concerned about, fuckface. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> right. It's just right now. It's just about spying for profit. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the fucking greenbacks, dude. Talking about that bling bling. Some, you know, blue blacks, blue blacks, what? <laughs> blue blacks. Yeah. Okay. All right, Snake Pliskin. Black apples. Get out of here. All right. All we have is some, some, you know. Yeah. Okay. Please stop. Stop. Just stop. Okay. (laughs) This is a podcast, not our freaking hangout. Um, (laughs) So anyway, I'm waiting. You know, I'm going to wait on my Alexa fantasies for some some smart young developer in his garage to make to, to, you know, find some code, some software and make his own. And that works. They uses like DuckDuckGo to search. Or something like that. That's fully open. Like someone's going to make an open one within within a year. You know, it's just a matter of people saying, "Oh, Alexa's really cool," but oh, she's really creepy too because she's listening to everything I say and she's you know really selfish. You know, Google if they're smart, they'll release their code and give people access, like open access to their database. They'll use they'll use it to collect more audio information. Okay, so it'll be an upside for them. And then for us, we'll be able to opt into all those pieces we want because we'll just be using the the Google API. We'll say, oh, yeah, you can listen to whatever, you know, or whatever. You know, what, they'll, at least we'll know what they're listening to or, you know, some stricter policies. Or we could set up the server like we talked about last week. We talked about an alternative to do it, which you guys never heard because that episode didn't go up. But, you know, we, we mentioned some possible alternatives to do to do a better Alexa, and I think they're really good which was like an internal, you have your own system in your house that you just download the code and it listens to your voice and your voice alone and that's it. Because that's all I care about anyway. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, so Silver Push is pretty sketchy. There's nothing really you can do about it right now. They don't say what apps use it or not, but um, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could probably do some searching on your developer site if you really care. But I would say that as a rule, you know, stay away from sketchy stuff. Sketchy apps probably are listening to you, you know? Because it's not, it ain't a few people who are using this. I guarantee you. Like, if I was an app developer and I had the option to have this in my app, I would. Just because it's fucking sketchy and creepy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and why, I like ske- why? Why do like most apps when you install them, they're like, we need access to your camera, to your microphone, to your contacts, to your, uh, to everything you have on this phone. We we need access to that to work. Yeah, they're covering their bases because wh- why? You know, here's a question, right? Like, I know Evan's answer because Evan's like. I would only take what I need, okay? And if I was making an app that, like, just used Wi-Fi, then I would say I'm taking what I need. But if I made a game or something, I would take everything. I would, like, use, connect with everything I have access to because I know 
my main core audience is not savvy enough to pay attention to the facts that there's no reason Candy Crush needs access to your camera or your contacts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for, for from your business standpoint, there's all kinds of reasons you want that information. You know, maybe take a little picture to see whatever, you know, to maybe do whatever. You know, who knows? You know, maybe you want to in, add in some kind of an add in later that lets you do something with photographs, you know, so you want to take a picture. You want to cover that base. So they're just covering all their bases. And I totally get it. But it's really sketchy. And, you know, of course, nobody likes it. You know what I mean? But people, unfortunately, we live in a society where people have kind of given up their privacy. Like they don't care, like Facebook and all kinds of stuff. They don't care. They just give up their privacy for any bit of free software, you know, whatever. Like I'd pay for I'd pay for a Facebook if I didn't have to give up any privacy and if I didn't have to worry about what they're posting in my name, you know, mm-hmm. because of some app or whatever. Like I'd pay for that. I don't mind paying for it. It's good software, you know. If Google said you pay 10 bucks a month and we are not going to search your mail for ads, I'd be like, all right, cool, done. You know, like email is a utility. Everyone should have it. I don't mind paying for it. You know, free emails like saying free phone service is kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, Microsoft used to do that with uh, Hotmail. You could pay pay some amount and you wouldn't have ads anymore. Oh, it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And Google yeah. never offered that because yeah. ads is their core business. No, exactly. Yeah, the Google's never never offered that. Yeah. Although they are offering that with YouTube. Which is interesting. Yeah, they are. But yeah, I think that's, that's YouTube because... YouTube Red, right? Yep. Yeah, that's YouTube Red. I, I have that. But I think the reason they're doing that is because there's so many problems with DMCA and copyrights and stuff with YouTube. It's like ridiculous, out of control. And they know it is, and they don't know how to fix it. So I think they're doing that because they say, well, we offer a service... So they can go back to these companies and say, we offer a service where you, you, our users are paying to watch this video and... This is a, a better way to incentivize our creators and a good way to pay off the people who are like filing all these random complaints. Like I'm in my YouTube channel for my other podcast, I have on our YouTube channel I have like six DMC pull down complaints or ad sharing, revenue sharing complaints um, ongoing right now. Not ongoing, but yeah, ongoing. And I can only complain to like two at a time, and then it's like a 30 day waiting period to see if the other company who's complaining comes back to me. And if they don't, then it gets free. Well, all these things are erroneous anyway. It's like two Russian companies and some Nigerian fucking asshat company. Who's like, they just file complaints, Like that's all they do. And so they, cause if I make a lot of, if I have a video that's making a lot of money, then they'll just take the, then they can just, they'll take the revenue, you know? Yeah. That's the whole thing. And dude, the whole situation on YouTube with that is like all fucked up. So I think I think that they're going to leverage YouTube Red in some kind of way to protect people, protect themselves and protect people against that. And I don't know how they're going to do it yet, but I think that's the reasoning because they got to make more money in ads. You know, nobody was complaining like, I hate ads. Oh, ads suck. Like, dude, ad blocker. Or maybe this is the way they resolve ad blocker, you know? Because I never saw ads. Ad blocker, I never saw them. Yeah, I was on my roommate's computers, like, playing music videos while I was cooking out there. And um, I, I started a video, and it played an ad. I was like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, you're like, what is this? Yeah, so unfamiliar to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same for me, you know? We were talking about speed. We're, we're, we're kind of going off, but we were talking about Forbes earlier. And I was like, I looked at Forbes when I was trying to, we were trying to plan the rundown for this episode. And I'm looking at Forbes, and Forbes is like, oh, you need to... Turn off your ad blocker if you want to see an ad light version of this thing. And I didn't read it. I just hit continue. 
And then it popped up again. I was like, what is going on? I hit it again. And I was like, it popped up again. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'm just going to go find another website. This is the internet, you fucking idiot. I'm just going to find another place to look at this where you don't have to whore me about ads because I don't want to see ads about penis enhancement, something that I something something I googled six months ago that for some reason is caught not caught up in AdWords, some random thing about sweaters I'm never going to buy, or a Snorg Tease ad, or whatever garbage you're trying to pump to me, you know, or an ad for financial or insurance, or I don't want to see that, you know. So, but they want you to see it. Yeah, Michael turned off his ad blocker, so he let them in. He let them win. He let the terrorists win. He let the ad terrorists win. I got the ad light version though of the site. That's for thirty days, and then I guess it turns off, and I'm gonna give you bombarded with BS. So. Yeah, because we all care about Forbes so much. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's in the Michael's. Michael has used his ad light privileges just this once, and he's gonna forget about Forbes for another three months, and then he's gonna go back, and he's like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever been to that website before. So. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Evan, and what did you do? You 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 shut them out, right? You showed them what's what. Yeah, I just I don't go to Forbes. Yeah, they're exactly. they're they they pulled a wired. Wired used to be great, a great magazine, and then uh just, you know, maybe 5 years ago, they just started being like 90% ads. And the thing is well, why these do you sites think that is I don't know. Because they're, they're whores? Yeah, no. probably. It's not that. That's not why. It's why? Because, why, it's, James? It's because they don't know how to make money in 2016. Well, That's why. The, Think about it. Wired used to make a magazine, and they might right. still make a magazine. Sure, they, they do. But no, dude, one's, no one's subscribing to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, newspapers are like, well, how do we make money? We don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Same like thing banks. goes with these magazines are doing the same thing. Not like banks at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other banks are banks. Yeah, that's a that's an inside joke, folks. But yeah, these, these companies don't know how to make money in a world where Adblock exists. That's the problem. Adblock's fucking free. They don't know how to do it. So here's the thing, right? People block ads. Like, do you know why I don't care about the ads in Gmail? Because the ads in Gmail, one, are unobtrusive two for the most part they're about stuff i'm interested in and three they're unobtrusive you know Mm -hmm. the ads on these other sites like let me just turn off ad block and see some of the ads that this site's going to show me i just turn on regret that it's horrible oh i know i am it's going to be like i was looking at those links in the uh, show notes and you know i'm using google chrome and i don't have any add-ons installed oh my god (laughs) i forgot what the internet looked like without an ad blocker yeah, it's, it's horrible. Oh, Ghostery. Ghostery caught it. <laughs> Thanks, Ghostery. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to turn ad back on. But if I go to a site with no ads, with, with like, like, like you see all like at work. Matter of fact, at my job, we have to use Internet Explorer because that's all we, all we have. And on Internet Explorer, dude, the ads. Oh, my God. They're oh so bad. God. Dude, at the bottom of the page, there's ad, it's like, it's like, you won't believe whose penis is bigger. And it shows a picture of like Eli Manning. You're like, what does this have to do with anything? You know, it's like top 10 reasons Kim Kardashian has fucking three nipples. You're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like all of those weird ads at the bottom. And it's like seven most unvisited places in the modern world. You're like, ugh. it's like National Enquirer or the sun. When you uh, check out at the grocery store, all the tabloids. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it feels. You get to the bottom of the thing website and you get all this garbage now. And you're like, what is happening? 
You know, it's it's crazy, man. It's absolutely nuts. Um, and the thing is, like certain sites. Oh, a perfect example, man. The Chive. If you go to the Chive, I've never I've been to Chive on this computer in forever. Let me just go to the Chive real quick and see. So let's click on an article. Yeah, they have here. a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, you go to the Chive. Oh, it's like, oh, we noticed you're using AdBlock. Okay, I don't give a fuck. Get fucking wrecked. Okay, so we're looking at Chive. There's a bunch of chicks. Pretty much any site that tells me to turn it off, I'm just not going to go to their site anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, the Chive, it's all blocked. Let me turn it off here. Let me just say uh, pause blocking and enable uh, disable for this site. No, disable. Okay, now let's refresh. So now what are we getting here? Oh, you may like. At the bottom of the page, we get you may like. So the you may like looks like something that I would see from the chive. Yeah, it looks like content, but it's not. It's not, yeah. And it's like sponsored by Tabulo. And it's like, um, you won't believe what these brides wore on their wedding day, okay? (laughs) Embellished tulip hem scuba sheaf dress. What the fuck? 22 tank tops that aren't covering anything. And I want to look at that, but I can't. And then underneath, it's like Chivet's board at work photos. Now, that's real content from the Chive. You know? But then, at the beginning of that real content, there's marriage problems. These these habits might could be why. Quiz. And it says at the bottom, life script. If it didn't say at the bottom, I would think that was from the Chive. Yeah, man. I, it's... Um... You know who else? Who else? What other site is like that? Well, there are a lot of sites like that, but Cracked.com is like that too. Yeah, they have a lot of crap like that, and it's how they make money. You know, it's how they monetize. They're just being greedy. No, no, they don't. Just, not... They should just put free, free stuff out there. No, yeah. but don't like inundate your page with it. No, they're yeah. not making any money. They're not making. Look, I don't think anybody even clicks on these ads unless it's accident, unless it's an accident, you know. So they're not making any money. Like the whole way that websites make money is broken. Like none of it works. Like I'm getting like JetBlue credit cards. Okay, WatchMojo.com, a video ad that looks like shit. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and this is all on the same page. With what's it called? And it's just just a bunch of like really bad ads, and you know you don't know what's like. None of this is marketed towards me, and I'm like, who's this for? So, here's what I suggest. Okay, some someone out there should start a company that makes ads. Okay, and I told you about this, Evan, before. I think this is like one of my great grand ideas, right? Start a company that like says, what kind of ads do you want to see? Like, what do you like? And it asks a person, what do you like? So you answer all these various things. It takes you, like, freaking maybe 20 minutes over a three-week period to answer all the questions. And then you start getting ads from companies who have made a deal with the core, the middleman company, to show, like, if I like anime, then it's going to show me anime ads. If I like action figures or computers, it's going to show me ads related to those things. And I want it to be specific. Like, if I like Macs, show me Mac ads, not PC ads, just because I said I like computers. Like, give me details, you know? Like, that's the kind of, that's where advertising has to go. Like, I'm not going to sign up for a JetBlue credit card right now, especially when I see two ads back to back, you know, for the same thing. JetBlue on top, JetBlue on bottom. It's stupid. I know you like such a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And Ghostery, by the way, 140 trackers. Jesus Christ. Fucking get wrecked, Chive. That's why I did not go to your site. Tits are not worth the hassle. 
Um, Speaking of wasting time on the internet, uh, let's talk about Reddit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I recently discovered that Reddit has a YouTube channel that has been around for about six years. Um, they didn't really use it much until about five or six months ago, and now they're posting regularly. Uh, one of their new series is called Formative or Formative Moments, where users from Reddit nominate you know celebrities or entrepreneurs or CEOs or you know successful people to talk about the formative moment in their life that sort of um, brought them to where they are today. So they've had um, Steve Wozniak was the most recent one. Um, Salman Khan from Khan Academy was before that. Uh, they're, they're about six minutes long. Pretty good watch. Um, could be quite inspiring, tear-jerking, depending on how emotional you are. Uh, they have the guy who invented GoPro and some other like internet celebrity who was riding in he was riding his bike in the bike lanes in New York and kept hitting cabs and scaffolding because they were intruding on that space. And I, I guess he got a lot of popularity from that. Um, but other than that, Reddit is a very good source of information if you know where you're going. But the problem is if you just go to Reddit's main page, it's daunting because you see there's like so much random stuff. So um, a couple that I like to visit are... Uh, today I learned, shower thoughts, life pro tips, and explain like I'm five. So I'll just give you an example. Uh, we'll go to our shower thoughts, which is just weird shit that people put up there. They're like, you know, stuff you might think of in the shower when nothing else is going on. So the first one says, Breaking Bad could have aired in the year 2000. Walter White never once uses a computer. Jesse Pinkman uses a flip phone. And videos are shared between characters through DVD. Interesting. Mm. I've never seen Breaking Bad, so uh, I don't know if that's true, but that's the kind of material that you can get on uh, on this subreddit. Um, just weird stuff. So, I like the next one. The Netherlands sounds more like the name of a fictional fantasy novel country than a real yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, true. So, I mean, we've all had thoughts like this to ourselves. Um. Going over to RTIL, which today I learned, since James mentioned this either one week or two weeks ago, Google's motto or tagline uh, used to be, don't be evil until 2015, and during their corporate restructuring, they changed it to do the right thing. And I think you were you were sort of comparing it to the Hippocratic Oath versus do no harm. That's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> what, That's is it, kind is of it, scary. <laughs> subject to interpretation, what right means. Well, that's that's why it's scary, right? Before, do no evil was like, oh, okay. So it's pretty. I mean, yeah, we could all interpret what's evil, but we all pretty have a pretty clear idea of what's evil. But if Google says it says do do the right thing, then what's right? Like, like maybe like assassinating some like assassinating someone could be like the right thing to do you know what i mean even though you shouldn't you know what i mean like so what's do the right there like or like the death penalty in all cases you know is the right thing to, i mean you know it's like what's the right thing to do that's kind of a i, I kind of don't like that that was i think a mistake on there i part. i actually like the uh the new one better if if your motto is do no evil and say you get asked to turn over all your customer data that's not really something evil, so 
just by the definition, just by the wording, you might do it. But if it's do the right thing and you get asked to turn over all your customer information, you'll be like, uh, I don't think we're going to do that. That that would be betraying. Oh, do it, but I mean, it's it's open to interpretation. Yeah, but they do that. They do tons of that. You know oh, that, yeah. right? Like Google, of course, they do tons well, of that. They get requested by law enforcement. You yeah. know, they get a court order or or the other one, the uh, FICA court. Yeah, they get the national security letter. Yeah, you know, they get a national security letter, which they can't even. I don't know if that's part of the. It's not the FICO court. But it's the, uh, it's the FISA court. FISA court. There you go. FICA uh, is something else. Like a credit card yeah, thing. Yeah, your credit card score. FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, I think. Are those the courtrooms that's just like a room in a building and no supervision? That's where yeah, all the yeah. really devious shit happens. Yeah, yeah like, you have to have a top secret security clearance. and Yeah, awesome. Those should I not exist. Like, I would like to see someone's underwear. It's like, yes, I agree. Yeah. I am a judge. <laughs> exactly. Fucking sketchy. Yeah, they shouldn't exist at all, but welcome to America. Yeah. Something Since... happened. Something happened, and we just decided, like, fucking damn, damn civil liberties, damn it all. Fuck it. Doesn't make any sense. Let's do whatever we want, and no one needs to know. Speaking of, since we're talking about courts, uh, one of the other subreddits, Explain Like I'm Five, they have a topic here that asks. How does strike it from the record work in trials? You can't force a jury to forget what they heard. So, and there's 69 comments on that so far. I have not read down, um, but those, the you know, just interesting questions. If you, Michael, uh, you need that. You need to ask them how banks work. Yeah, how do banks make uh, banks? That's yeah. correct. <laughs> um, other ways. Hey, we're, like we're using now, how do they make money, right? So. Uh, exploitation. Talking about, yeah, exactly. Child labor. This was coded by children in China. <laughs> Smart ass kids. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, another way to spend some, well, waste some time, but have it not be a waste on the internet is something that Mike introduced me to. It's called stumble upon. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you go down that rabbit yeah. hole. You're, you're you can, it can be it can be amazing or uh, it can be a total time suck, and you'll spend weeks and just wonder where it, where all that time went. So you go to stumbleupon.com, sign up for an account, you get presented with a large number of checkboxes. Say what you're interested in, whether it's food or astronomy or computing or foreign language. You set your preferences, hit stumble, and then it sends you to a random website that has to do with one or more of the things that you said that you liked. Uh, it's It can be a good resource uh, if you're looking for some stimulation online or if you just want to read something interesting. Um, but, yeah, as Mike said, you can <laughs> you can go down a rabbit hole. You can get lost pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll get, you'll get to a website and you'll be like, man, this is great. And then you're like, well, what else is there? And so... You'll you'll either bookmark that one or just keep the window open and open a new tab, go to the next one. Oh, this is great. Next one. Oh, this is great. Next one. And pretty soon, three hours have gone by, and you're wondering what the yeah, hell. And Chrome is now using ten gigabytes of your memory. <laughs> well, it does that anyway, yeah. but you know. <laughs> 
It and Firefox, you know. I think I'm convinced Firefox has a memory leak or something. But. The new version of Firefox seems actually pretty uh, sluggish to me. Really? 45? Uh, yeah, I downloaded it on my, uh, my, my other computer yesterday when I was oh. setting it up. I also put Chrome on there. It seems as quick as it normally is. Yeah, I have a... Yeah, I'm still using Firefox, although, yeah, it does seem a little... I'll be honest, yeah, it's been seeming a little sluggish to me, too, so... I don't know, I may have to... may have to make the switch here. We'll see. I've been a loyal Firefox user for a long time now, but... I remember... This was so long ago. Um, I, I was using Firefox and Chrome... It must have been, like, one of Chrome's betas or when it first came out, you know? And, um... Everyone was like, oh, man, you see Chrome? You can use it. It has something called tabs. You can have, like, multiple sites open in one window. I was like, fuck that. I will never use a tab in my life. I need a separate window for every website. <laughs> I was so anti-Chrome. And then Firefox, I guess Firefox picked it up. They're like, oh, man, it's a good idea. I don't know if they took the idea after seeing Chrome or if they were doing some developing of that simultaneously. But I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll try Chrome. And I usually, I switch, I, you know, I dedicate myself to one browser, and then I'll probably switch every, like, three years. So, I've been using Chrome for a while. Might be time to change. Well, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how Firefox does here. They just released, like, they released, what, 45, like, a week or two ago? And now I just downloaded an update to 45.0.1. Apparently, it fixes a lot of little issues that they were having. Okay. So they're like performance regression in YouTube, uh, fix some loading issues when uh, you have your settings, except third party cookies was set to never, which of course is how I set mine because I'm a kook. <laughs> um, you know, so they fix all these little tiny issues here and there. So, you know, maybe it might run a little better now. We'll see. Yeah. Well, very good. So uh, the machine I just mentioned, um, I got a what I view as a pretty good deal on eBay on some secondhand, couple generation old server hardware. So in my other room in my office, I put together um, a Linux editing machine running Ubuntu Studio fifteen ten, which I will very likely update to uh, if they release a version for sixteen oh four LTS. Uh, which should be coming up very soon. Um, I still need to work out the cooling, though, because I, I, I hot-glued some uh, some 120mm fans to the top, to the top of the oh heat sinks, God. and they work fine for, like, 10 minutes, and then one of them falls off. It's always the same one, so I need to get some double-sided tape or something. Um, so... <laughs> I um I got the machine I got Ubuntu installed, the machine was running. Um but the board since it's a server doesn't have any built-in sound. So I found a very very old Sound Blaster Live PCI audio card. I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to use this. Uh we can do my recordings in here. Um you know, I'll plug in my headphones, listen to it, listen to YouTube, all that stuff. So I installed it in the bottom PCI slot. Now, at the same time, I installed one of the USB two headers and 
I don't have large hands, but there was not a lot of room between the bottom of the graphics card, the sound card, the USB header, the power supply, and its cables. So instead of doing the correct thing, which was would be to remove the video card and attack it from a different angle, as it were, uh, I just sort of jammed my hand in there and used a screwdriver to to um, secure the, the USB header. And um, in the process... I saw I was bending the video card quite a bit. Uh, I, I hoped it was not too bad, but um, when I turned on the computer after doing that installation, the whole screen was red. So everything that was black was red. That should have been black was red. You could still read the text, but there were artifacts everywhere. I was like, man, did I break the card? Or did I break the PCI Express slot? I was going to be so pissed if I had to spend more money on eBay instead of using one of the other systems I had for this whole task. So, <laughs> um, I changed it out for an 8400GS, a card which is honestly is not even capable of displaying the resolution that that monitor is in there. Um, put that in, booted it up, still red. I was like, fuck. Took the, car, took the sound card out, Booted it up, still with the 8400, still red. I was like, fuck! So I turned it off, let it sit for like an hour. Um, maybe it would fix itself, right? No. Um, <laughs> figured maybe it's the cable, even though I wiggled the cable on both ends uh, at first and nothing happened. So I unplugged, I took the graphics card out, took the sound card out, unplugged the monitor cable from the... Uh, from the graphics card and the monitor, took canned air, blew out every slot, blew out all the connections, plugged it back in, used a screwdriver to make sure it was secure so it's not going anywhere, turned it on, and the problem was solved. So it was, it, it turned out it was the cable. So if you're ever troubleshooting, if you're sure that it's on, which is always your number one question, like, well, is it is it on? Uh <laughs> Check the cables first, because that's easy. That's much easier than ripping out cards and trying other equipment. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So once I, once I got the monitor fixed, though, I was like, okay, that was the problem. I'll put the sound card back in. Um, Ubuntu saw it, installed the Pulse audio drivers, everything like that. Um, only problem was I could hear the microphone at all times, in addition to whatever I was listening to. So... Uh, as unqualified as I am, I went started clicking through settings and uninstalling audio <laughs> and all this other stuff. It didn't fix anything. Oh my god! Yeah, I was like, uh, apt get remove pulse audio. It's like uninstall your sound card drivers. Every <laughs> I could still hear myself. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I reinstalled it. Tried to go to uh, the Alsa drivers, no success. In the process, I like fucked up the the top launcher bar, so I didn't even have volume control anymore, if anything was there. But um, oh, one of the configuration options I changed uh, before uh, before the volume control disappeared kept making that vo- making the volume control settings loop, so it would open, and then for like a split second, it would show you the the configuration tabs, and then say error connecting to audio device. And then it would show you the tabs and say error connecting to audio device. So you couldn't click anything or do anything. So I shut it down, ripped the card out, plugged in a USB sound adapter, 
reinstalled Pulse Audio, all was well. Everything works fine now. So uh, if you've exhausted every other option, just quit. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe there's something wrong with that sound card. I mean, it saw it. I, I'm, I can guarantee you it's something I did. Or maybe it's just hmm. too old. Because it, it was an Audigy sound... Not, not an even Audigy. It was a Creative Sound Blaster Live. So this card is very likely 15 years old right now. Like 2000 yeah. or something? Like... It has a game port on it. <laughs> so, you know, I have another card. I have a an Asus Zonar DG, which is uh, one of my favorite sound cards. I have an extra one. I'll probably try to put that in and see what happens. That that card is from like mm-hmm. three years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll probably that might work a little better then. Yeah. <laughs> sound cards. It's funny. We don't. You know, you you don't even hear about that so much anymore. Nope. People just use whatever's built into the built into the motherboard, or you know, now we just plug in USB devices, which just bypasses the sound card entirely. Yep, they work quite well. I, I, I the one I have is a Cyba S Y B A. Um, you can get them on Amazon. You can get comparable ones on Amazon for like six or seven dollars. It's USB has a headphone jack and a microphone jack. They're awesome. Wow. Or like me, I just have this headset and it just plugs in USB. Mm-hmm. Boom. So it's not even using sound card, you know. Yeah, that's nice. Huh. Well, I guess the moral of the story is Quit. Just quit. <laughs> Save yourself some time and just quit immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be interested to know what uh, you can do with this Ubuntu stud- studio uh distro as opposed to the standard distro. It's it's basically standard Ubuntu with a different desktop environment. It comes packaged with XFCE, which makes it basically look like, you know, as similar to OS X as you can. You know, it has, uh, well, with a lot of links, it has, your, you know, your taskbar across the top, but it also has uh, a launcher down at the bottom that hides itself, shows open programs, has shortcuts and all that stuff. So it's it's very similar to that. Um, hmm. But otherwise, it's just standard Ubuntu. But it comes with a whole bunch of pre-installed software like Audacity, Ardour, uh, Blender, anything for audio or video creation or editing is pretty much right. already in there. I see. I'm re- actually reading here on... Uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but I'm reading here on Wikipedia that it has a, a special kernel which is tweaked a little bit. That I did not know about. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. In retrospect, uh, you know, I might end up wiping it as, you know, Linux is easy to come by and, and quite easy to install and just go back to base Ubuntu and load up Audacity and Blender and like sure. four other programs that I would actually use. Yeah, you could just install those, but. Like I said, this thing has a special kernel, so maybe that's maybe it's worth it. You know, I Could don't be. know. The low the low latency kernel, as they call it. <laughs> uh huh. So, eh, whatever. It says the scheduler allows applications to request immediate CPU time, which can drastically reduce audio latency. Interesting. So, well, I'll check it out. Eh. 
But they're talking about in version like 9.10. God, that's six, that's like, seven years old now. Or like here, as of Ubuntu Studio 12.04, the default kernel is Linux low latency. Okay. Which in essence is a generic Ubuntu Linux kernel with a tweak config to allow stable operation for audio applications at lower latencies. Okay. Whatever. Looks like they're up to 15.04 now. 15.10. It's year and month. They release every April and October. So 1504 oh, okay. is April of 2015. So oh. they're about to release 1604. There you go. No, hmm. the every even year in April, that's when they released the long-term support version. So there was mm-hmm. 1204, 1404, and this upcoming one will be the long-term support. Oh, well, there yep. you go. Good to know. Always read the fucking manual. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, uh, James, you want to take us into our next item here? Oh, Neverwhere? No. Yeah. Um, well, that sorry. and then... And, or you could talk about the other thing first, either way. Okay. You know, uh, I have to apologize because after Michael talked about StumbleUpon, I said, let me go check out this site because I've heard of him talk about it many times. And I never had signed up for it. So I signed up for it, and I just basically come out, came out of a StumbleUpon haze of which I had no idea what you guys were talking about for the last, like, 25 So minutes. initial, initial <laughs> impression was good? Uh, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm like, can't wait for this podcast to be on recording so I can get back into it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, I've already, like, in a few, few seconds, I found, like, three sites that I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. And it's very, like, I've already started saving stuff, you know. So it's it's definitely a great site. A must-have. Um, yeah. I totally get what you're saying, though. You can go down the rabbit hole and you'll be lost forever. Like, I'm like, how will I save all this? I need to go back to these. Um, okay, anyway, let's jump into what's uh, back into the content here. So uh, I talked briefly, I guess, probably in our first or second episode about never about Neverwhere Cloud Ready or Cloud Ready by Neverwhere. The website is neverwhere.com. You can download a copy of it for free. It's basically the Chrome OS. Uh, it's been modified. Uh, so it runs. Basically, the whole idea behind Neverwhere is or Cloud Ready is you take old computers that are really fast – by their standards, um, but are junk for today, and you can run this program on it. So it brings life into an old computer. Um, I installed it. It was a pain in the ass to install. Um, uh, and I'll tell you why it's a pain in the ass. I don't have very many flash drives around anymore because I just don't use flash drives anymore because it's like 2016. Um, huh. So... You need to install it with a flash drive, you know? If you're not installing with a flash drive, you might as well just freaking quit, you know, just give up. So uh, once you once you get it on the flash drive, which I had lots of problems doing because of probably because of my own issues, but I got some random errors and all kinds of things like that. But once I got it onto a flash drive, I got like I, found, I came home, found a flash drive, put it on the flash drive uh, and got it installed. It took about 20 minutes to install. One of the downsides of it is if you're used to installing OSs, when you install Windows, Windows does its mini reboots and then it dumps you out at the Windows login screen or at the desktop, you know? 
so you can set everything up. Like it brings you a setup area where you can set stuff up. Cloud Ready doesn't do that. When it finishes installing, it takes 20 minutes to install. It basically is a completely silent install, and it installs and shuts the computer down. So I was busy at work installing it on a computer, and I didn't look back at the computer. So I looked, and I was like, whoa, the computer's off. It must not have installed. And then I booted it up saying, well, let me just check. Maybe it's like half installed. Let me just see what it looks like. And the cloud-ready desktop is this blank gray desktop. It's like very drab. There's nothing special about it. And it just has at the corner, it has like the little multi-faceted cube, like Rubik's Cube kind of logo that indicates the Google App Store for Chrome. Um, mm. It's not bad. Uh, it's not Windows for sure. I see why schools like it. Um, I totally get that. And I could see like it being a great computer for a guest in your house. Or if I have, like, if we wanted to add someone to this podcast or something and we wanted to give them a machine just to use if we had a studio or something, it'd be perfect for that. You know, I wouldn't make it my main machine by far. You know, I, I might carry it. We're going to go to a hack. Uh, we're going to go to a convention soon. I might take it to that just to see, you know, just to, just, you know, give it a, a try out in a network on a place where people are going to be doing stuff actively. But I, I'm not a huge fan of it. So not bad. Not bad. For free, it's great. The price is perfect. But uh, I'm not super impressed. So would you recommend it at all or would, would you rather, say, get a Linux distro or something? I would recommend it if you're all if you're all in on the Googleverse and you have a PC that can run it and you have a PC that's just sitting um, and you just want like a machine to do like basic documents on and you like can you don't have no problem you have no problem using all Google stuff and that kind of thing it's perfect for that you know but as we've so it'd seen be perfect for your grandma if your grandma doesn't know anything yes absolutely. Absolutely. It's a perfect computer for her. Like, she's never going to buy any software. She wants to use Hangouts to talk to her grandkids. She wants to use Gmail because she just got her first Gmail account. And she wants to use Docs to type up whatever crazy stuff, crazy rantings that old people type. You know, then it's perfect for her. You know, but, and, and browsing the web, it's perfect. But it's not good for, like, if you actually do stuff. You know? And I only used it for a second, so I'll give it some more time. I'm going to do more stuff with it, and I'll report back and let you guys know how, how it go, plays out. But, you know, I wasn't super, super duper impressed. I felt like they could have done more, give me more of a desktop, something like that. Like, if you want people to use it and say, hey, this is going to replace Windows for you one day, then give me more than this gray drab, like, blah. You know, it's like, it's like a shabby attempt at a Mac from 1985 or 1995. Like, that's what it looked like to me. Hmm. Um, not night. Yeah, 1995 is fair. Like the old, like uh, not Lisa, but the uh, old. Yeah, I guess a Lisa. You said like, Lisa. With, but no, with it, it's not a Lisa. But you know the Mac, the, the the rectangular Mac that you could use to carry like a suitcase had the gray screen. Yeah, like a Mac Plus or something. A Mac Plus. That's what it looks like. It's minus like the. There's nothing on the desktop except for that little multifaceted Rubik's cube at the bottom. Hmm. So it's bare bones, simple. Yeah. yeah. Super simple. Bare bones, like easy to use. If you just want like basic, 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 mm-hmm. you know. Um. Okay, so moving right along, this other thing that I got here was the uh, RTFM Red Team Feel Manual. Um, I I am trying to learn, uh, do the things I need to do to to get onto a Red Team. 
So I picked this up for that purpose. Uh, a friend of mine actually gave it to me. I was going to buy it, and he had it. And I said, hey, let me just take a look and see if it's worth buying. And I hadn't looked at it, and he hadn't even opened it. It came with another book called uh, The Red Team, uh, How to Think Like the Enemy, which is an amazing book if you haven't read it. Um, but uh, it came with that book. So when you buy that hardcover of that book, you get the Red Team Field Manual with it. And you can buy it on Amazon for 10 bucks. We're going to give you a link here. Uh that has the PDF of it for free. Honestly, I don't like like doing stuff like this for something like this is so good. Like I don't mind yeah, paying $10 for this. Um, yeah, the, the PDF is good. It's good to have a copy, but I definitely encourage you to buy it. It's $10 and it's amazing. You know what I mean? It's what's in here is like, and I'm just going to flip to a random page. It's not a book like for reading. It's like just like a, a book full of cheat sheets. It's, it's uh, let me see how many pages is it? It's James, around ninety pages of cheat sheets. For for those of us that don't know, what is a red team? Oh, a red team is like uh, alternative analysis. So it could be any number of things. Like what I want to do is red teaming related to computers and security. So like some a company might hire me to come in and try to get into their network, you know, with uh with no foreknowledge. So I just have to ex- assess the situation, see if there's any security holes, try to get in. And then at the end of the period, I give them an asset, my assessment and say, this is security holes. This is what I found. This is what you got to fix. You know, and there's different kinds of red teams and there's there's gray and there's gray, white and black or whatever. Um, so you want to do like pen testing kind of thing. Yeah, pen testing is is like kind of red teaming, but there's but you know red teaming is like full aggressive, and it could be physical security penetration, it could be like uh, network penetration, it could be uh, red teaming, could be like in six months of doing this podcast, Evan could say to us, "Hey, this podcast, no one's listening to it. What can we do?" And Michael says, "Well, let's do more shows," and I might do what's called an alternative analysis, which is also from a red teaming, where I would say why don't we do less shows and see if that works or whatever? Like I would come up with a dissenting opinion um, just for the sake of being like, like a devil's advocate, basically, you know, matter of fact, the matter of fact, red teaming comes from the devil's advocate, which is a, uh, I'm going to get a little like inside baseball on red teaming because I read that book about it. But basically the Pope used to have a person called the devil's advocate who, when they would want to canonize someone or give someone a sainthood or something, this devil's advocate would be chosen and they would say, okay, father, so-and-so you are the devil's advocate. You need to go out and find every reason why this person cannot be a saint, you know? And that, Mm -hmm. that was the whole purpose of that. And that's where red teaming comes from, from that concept, that alternative analysis, the, the, you know, show me all the reasons why this is not a nuclear bomb being constructed in the Syrian desert. Show me all the reasons why this is why this is not the right way to advertise this product, even though everything's points to it being the right way, you know. So, um, yeah, the the sending opinion, the six man theory, whatever you want to call it, that's what red teaming is. So anyway, the red team female female manual. This is basically designed for people who want to do like hacking and that kind of stuff, penetration testing, all that kind of stuff. So it's got sections like Windows, a section called networking, you know, a section called Google hacking. Let's let's look at Google hacking. I'll just read you a couple commands here. So it's like search terms, site URL, um, and it's like search only one URL. So just so like it just is like shortcut keys and commands for all kinds of things. Um, tunneling, persistence, uh, 
Let's see. Reverse shells. Uh, tips and tricks. Uh, file transfers. So this is the kind of thing that I would say every technician should have in their back pocket. Not because they want to hack, but because they want to be better at their job. Because a uh, great example, Michael and Evan, you know, we were all on our hangout talking about, like, Michael was trying to do something for Linux, trying to figure something out. The commands for what he wanted to do are in this book. You know, I, I'm sure they are, you know. Uh, so it's like all this kind of stuff that's like, yeah, you think you remember it, but you've done it once in five years and you need the you need the stuff. It's all in here. Like all that stuff's in here. So it's a great book. Definitely. This is like my pick of the week, I think, for books and for projects. The Red Team Field Manual. Definitely worth picking up. It's 10 bucks on Amazon. The link is here. It'll be in the description. But get the link, but buy the book. You know, that's a person wrote this. He assembled all this stuff. Let's pay him some money. So it's totally worth it paying him. Okay. Um, that's it for that, I guess. All right. Sounds good. So, um, I, uh, just want to talk about one thing that's, it's not technology related at all, but we mentioned it in an earlier show, uh, regarding, uh, we talked about Aaron Andrews once and then Hulk Hogan. So if you recall, Aaron Andrews is a, uh, ESPN reporter, or at least she was at the time. And she was, uh, filmed while she was naked without her consent. And the inter- the video ended up being on the web. And anyway, she sued <clears throat> the responsible parties and was awarded $55 million just, just recently. So in a similar, but not exactly the same instance, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, had a, a video released on the internet and he took them to, to court and he took Gawker to court actually. And which is which is a website that usually you know it's kind of like TMZ or something they they show all kinds of they release all kinds of crazy stuff about celebrities and stuff and he won his case too and he was awarded 115 million dollars so I thought that was interesting now in his case it was actually a sex tape as opposed to Aaron Andrews she was just basically just walking around naked so it wasn't a sex tape but I thought it was interesting that there was uh, such a such a difference in the uh, amounts, but that's all I wanted sexism to talk about. Any, strikes uh... again. I don't well, think this is a case of sexism, no, yeah. right? No, it's maybe not. not. I was just making uh, a joke. But yeah, no. the the hundred was one hundred fifteen million. Yeah, uh, that'll probably get appealed, perhaps. Probably. Or I mean, what if Gawker goes? Can can Gawker go bankrupt and just be like, "Sorry, bro." Oh, probably. Well, it's like this other thing, like the Aaron Andrews, you know, fifty-five million. One of them is the is like the the guy who did it. It was like it's like one dude. You know, let's say he makes eighty k a year. How's he going to come up with five million dollars or whatever? Yeah. Or thirty million, whatever his share is, you know, of the of the responsibility. He can't, you know. So. Yeah, very true. So you need to take out a loan. I mean, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, one last thing, a um, little yum update. I'm on my second week of three weeks of uh, DIY keto chow. Uh, this week I'm trying a protein from a company called Syntrax, I think it is. Um, 
it's advertised as being a chocolate truffle flavor. It's from their nectar line, which is supposed to taste more, you know, like desserts, more than just regular chocolate or vanilla. Um, it does not taste like chocolate truffle at all. Um, but if you let it sit, you know, overnight um, in the refrigerator rather than just two or three hours or something, so it takes two or three hours for the sort of ground-up vitamin taste to go away. But if you let it sit overnight, um, it actually does taste very much like uh, Wendy's Chocolate Frosty. However, so does the Dimatize Elite Rich Chocolate, which is half the price. So I'll probably go for that next time. Um, but so far in the last, say, five and a half or six weeks, um, down 24 pounds... I think last week uh, I stalled a bit because I was getting greedy. So I like to eat, and I found these low-carb tortilla, uh, low-carb whole wheat tortillas from Mission. Um, you should be able to find them at your grocery store if you're just trying to cut back. And uh, there were six carbs, six net carbs per wrap. So for my for my one meal of actually eating, um, for most of the days last week I made a, a wrap, which was uh, that Mission wrap. And then a couple slices of turkey and cheese, mayonnaise, bacon, lettuce. Just make a nice BLT. Sometimes threw in some avocado. But while most of the wrap is fiber, still, if you're just counting uh, gross carbs, then that wrap itself is like 35. So I'm cutting those out this week, uh, keeping everything else the same, basically, just to see if that makes a difference. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll hear... Uh, a lower number or a bigger number, uh, uh, lower weight, bigger weight loss next week. But I'm, I'm, I'm still going strong. Um, I'm really never hungry, so I just eat or drink to make sure that, you know, I get enough uh, fat and protein for the day. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, sounds good, man. You've lost how many, how many pounds so far? 24. 24 yeah not not wow. astounding but uh it's a good start well no I 24 mean, pounds in what how long um uh, less than six weeks yeah that's pretty good yeah, yeah. definitely and what do you what are you drinking these days um hard my drink of choice is a little bit of hennessy <laughs> yeah, right. perhaps some uh, some cavassier that's right a little, little bit of the crown. Some yeah, of that hypnotic, you know. Oh, you know how I do. I like blue things. Hypnotic. Who drinks hypnotic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what's, the, what's the drink you have with that? Or you make with that? What, a keto chow? No, no, no. A hypnotic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, pour that in a fucking glass of cream. Drink up. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> Time to get sick, yeah. <laughs> no, what is it, though? Is it a bone crusher? or What's the drink you... Oh, I have no idea. Oh, uh... Or something else. I don't remember. Scissor or whatever? I don't remember. Okay, I don't know how we got anyway, here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No. How, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. No, but that's good. And that's uh, oh, an incredible Hulk. That's the, that's the dream. Gross. The things we try to remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, is that with champagne or something? It doesn't know. matter. It does not matter. <laughs> That you're wasting valuable bites of data. It's something I, I could have stored away. I thought about aerogel on that, and now he I'm could have saved two more shortcuts for stumble upon. 
Exactly. That's right. Now he's just pissed that he's like, "Why? Why isn't this over yet?" Yeah. It's like, "Oh, this fucking podcast. This is my stumble upon time now." That's right. Fuck you guys. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Stumble upon. Next week we cover Fu Kung. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> the week after that, I'll be your guide to Four Chan. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. Take Come with me. Way. I'm from the internet. That's right. That's right. Yeah, oh. Fu Kung, you know, if you you know, you don't want to play the game. Yeah. Then, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> You'll lose. Yeah, you will. <laughs> You'll lose. That's right. Um, so much time burnt at work doing that at the old job. <laughs> Um, yeah. okay, so, uh, oh, yeah, and Hulk Hogan. Okay, yeah. So, I think that's it, guys. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I don't either. I'm sure we could think of yeah. that, but I think nope. we're good. Nope, I think, that, uh, I think that about does it. Nope, oh, uh, we do, you know, always appreciate your feedback. If you want to get in contact with uh, any of us individually, you know how, Facebook, or you can email feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. And we'll we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Excellent, excellent, outstanding. All right then. Oh, uh, James, I wanted to ask you one one last thing. I like I'm give sorry. a little pause <laughs> at the end. I'm what? like, what? I'm fucking I'm fucking yeah. done with your voice. What do you stumble want? upon, man? Go ahead, man. <laughs> what, what, what do you got? You, you listen to any sci-fi books? Uh, you know, not this, no books this week. I, I do enjoy, I have been enjoying the, uh, the free Wall Street, uh, not, well, not Wall Street Journal, the, uh, New York Times. New York Times. With my account. I listen to that every day. Uh, I am having a good time with that. No new books though, unfortunately. Uh, actually I did, I probably just got my credits tonight, so I'll probably pick something up. I've got my eye on a few things, so we'll see, but it's kind of hard. My, my sci-fi tastes are hard to meet, so I'm a little... Uh, I'm a little sketched out about, you know, I don't, I hate to buy something and then you're like, oh, it's way off the mark. You know what I mean? I'm picky, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. What did I mention last week? Did I say something about something last week? Ooh. Um, well, last week, that would be episode 3A, which was never aired. Oh yeah, um, I do got a, I do have a book. Here I got I got one for you actually. But yeah, oh okay, go ahead. Yeah, I did finish one earlier this week actually called The Ember War. Um yeah, and there's actually you can get an omnibus of this. It's Ember War 1 and 2, the publisher's pack uh by Richard Fox on on uh it's 15 hours long, 15 hours and 37 minutes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good actually. Um the basic premise is Alien comes from comes back in time, tries to help humanity beat these other aliens that are coming in 60 years. Hmm. The only way they can beat humanity, beat the other alien, is... By beating themselves. No, well, basically, like, so they assemble a fleet, and they, the, they tell everyone, oh, we're assembling this fleet to send you all to uh, Saturn to set up a to set up a colony on Saturn. Hooray, we're setting up a colony. Like, no one knows the aliens are coming except for this one guy who met with the alien 60 years prior. And uh, instead, he builds this crazy drive, okay? And he says, you can only turn it on right when you're about to go to Saturn. It's a jump drive. It's going to jump you to Saturn in eight days. They say, great. Okay, we'll listen to you because 
Who knows why? <laughs> so they turn on the drive, and when they turn the drive on, actually the drive is a stasis field that freezes them in time for 30 years, and no one can see them. So in those in that 30-year span of time, the enemy comes, annihilates all human life on Earth and in the solar system, and leaves. So then these guys pop back into time, and they're like, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? And for them, mm. like a second's passed, but... You know, Earth is right. gone and everyone is dead. And then the story kind of picks up from there. And it's really good. It's actually a pretty good book. Uh, I'm kind of waiting with bated breath for the third book, which isn't out yet. Um, I don't even know if it's I actually the, I think it's been the author's written it. So it is on Amazon if you want to get it. But I like to listen to my books. So if I'm feeling desperate, I might get it. But, uh, yeah, The Ember War by Richard Fox, I think his name is uh, pretty good. Quite enjoyable. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, and I was just uh, reviewing our show notes from the fabled show that was never, never to be, and uh, we talked about Snow Crash. Last oh yeah, week. Snow Crash. That's an excellent book by Neil Stevenson. That is an excellent book. Um, that's that book is basically everything we're talking about now. This guy wrote about like over twenty years ago. Yeah. You know, it has everything. This book is awesome and insane, <laughs> but it is and it is very good. It is. I'll just say that it's very good. If you've never read it, go get it. All right, Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, and Neil is spelled N-E-A-L. Goddamn <laughs> right. And Stevenson, I knew you'd appreciate that. And Stevenson is with a P-H. So, um, but yeah, that's a good one. That's a definitely uh, probably that's probably in the top five, honestly. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely in my top five. It's it, it's definitely I would say it's a he's a futurist, you know, and I, I like mm-hmm. I like I like things about fu- I like books about written by futurists, and I like people who think out the technology. Besides just looking forward, they think about how it might work, and he's that guy. You know what I mean? So he he kind of gives you a glimpse, but he also in a in a, a roundabout way he gives you a glimpse behind the curtains of that new technology. And I, it's very enjoyable. Definitely go. It's a must pick up. Um, mm-hmm. I would say you can get the audio book uh, on Audible or you can go buy the book. You, you're going to want to read it several times, uh, but it's quite good. Yeah, and I've actually read. Now, Neil Stevenson's actually quite prolific. and oh, yeah. uh, He's done a ton. I, I read his latest book, which is called Seven Eves. Yes, I read that one as well. And that book is freaking crazy. Yeah, your mind will be is... fucking wrecked. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about that one next week. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. Yeah. See, guys, that's what's known as a teaser. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Give you a reason to come back. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Okay. All right, fellas. It's always a pleasure. Um, Evan, what are those links? Where can they find? Uh, where can they give us feedback and find whatever they need to find? Um, we'll put show note link in the post on our website, iopanelpodcast.com. If you'd like to send us a feedback email, it's feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Awesome. And uh, Michael, do you have a Twitter account you want to share? I do not. Okay. Um, do you have a Twitter account? I want to share. No, I think we're going to do a Twitter thing though. So next week we'll work on that. We'll get some Twitter accounts going for you guys, so people can tweet at us because we have so many fans. 
I, I refuse to participate. <laughs> it's uh, at Evan. <laughs> yeah, and at Mike. And at Mike. Yeah, yeah just do <laughs> at that. Evan and at Mike. You'll have a lot of success in getting <laughs> yeah. in touch with us. That's right. All right. Outstanding. All right, guys. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure as always, and we will see you guys next week.